What is everybody with Kyle Harrison? I'm Mick Gillespie. We're going to count down Alabama and the college football playoff rankings tonight. They are just about to come out. We expect Alabama to continue to be the number one team in the college football playoff rankings after another convincing win this week in the Iron Bowl. Kyle, good to see you again, man. How you doing? Hey, what's up, man? I mean, this this is the time of year where it's it's time to go. I mean, every single day there's something to talk about. This week, um, you know, we're turning the page towards LSU and Alabama, and it's it's so unusual. I mean, just like Nick Saban said, he said usually the Auburn game is you know the the last game of the regular season, but not anymore. I mean, or not in this wacky world. I mean, it's um you know there, there's two more left of SEC conference play. You got LSU, and then you got Arkansas, and then you got the SEC championship. So um, I mean, there's still plenty of football to talk about. And tonight we uh, we find out the second round of the college football playoff rankings. Yeah, I think all this stuff matters. Obviously, Alabama is going to very scary Death Valley in Baton Rouge, Louisiana this weekend to play on Saturday night. So they'll play LSU, a program that uh, told all of us that they were going to beat Alabama in recruiting and on the field and everywhere else they saw them. So we're going to find out Saturday after a delay to this game, which normally happens first weekend in November. The Iron Bowl against I, – I said this, and I know some of you on the message board disagreed with me. I think this is a good Auburn team. Are they great? No. But are they good? Yeah. I mean, I think they're a top 25 team. Alabama beat them uh, like a, we used to say in the neighborhood, a redheaded stepchild. I don't even know what that means, but it was it was a, a beatdown of epic proportions and really uh, you know, had – uh, Robinson not fumbled right at the end of the fourth quarter going in. I mean, it would have been kind of even better as far as the scoreboard's concerned. But uh, Alabama bringing a lot of momentum into Baton Rouge against a team that won the national championship last year. And we're glad to have all of you guys with us tonight as we wait for the college football rankings. He's Kyle Henderson. I'm Mick Gillespie. Look, give us all a thumbs up. As you guys watch, we love having all of you on here, whether you're Alabama fans or you're just college football fans or you're in here for the night. Also, subscribe to the channel. I look today, Kyle, 41,000, 41K plus now subscribers to the Bama Insider YouTube channel. We love you guys for doing that. You guys have made this channel what it is, and it just continues to grow. Every time I click on and look, you guys are the best, and we appreciate all of you whether you're watching from Tuscaloosa, Birmingham, somewhere in the uh, cotton state of Alabama, maybe you're watching from Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, you know, Mississippi, whether you're watching California or Texas, we love all you guys. Kyle, we're going to get the new standings here shortly. I'm expecting Alabama to remain number one. I'm expecting Notre Dame to be number two, but you kind of feel like Notre Dame has a chance when it's all said and done. They beat Clemson twice, no matter what Alabama does, to possibly be the number one seed in the college football playoff. I, I personally don't feel that way, but I think that the committee could feel that way. I mean, look, I mean, this is a group of people. This is the strangest uh, playoff format that exists within sports, right? There's a group of people who go into a room and they figure out the playoffs. I mean, it's pretty preposterous how they figure out these playoffs, in my opinion. It should be based on, you know, certain certain standings and uh, championships and just like everything else, right? But in this particular situation and in this scenario, 
Um, and my good buddy, Mike Singer, who covers Notre Dame, he just tweeted this out. If Notre Dame beats Clemson twice, would the committee seed Notre Dame over number one uh, Alabama kind of, you know, when when the final day is? And I think it's December 20th. That's the final seeding day. I would say no. But think about it like this. Let's just play devil's advocate here for a minute. Notre Dame would there have then have two top five victories over Clemson. And if they beat Let's say if they beat Clemson with Trevor Lawrence, I've you've, you've heard me a hundred times say it. I don't think they're going to beat uh, Clemson with Trevor Lawrence, but if they did, that would that would be impressive to me because I I still don't feel that this Notre Dame. I, I kind of put them still in the pretender category. Yes, I know they're nine and zero, but I, I'm just not buying it until I really see them beat um, you know a, a really top tier team. And I get it, they beat Clemson, but they beat Clemson without. Trevor Lawrence. That's not the same thing in my opinion. Um, but if they do beat Clemson, then all credit to them. And I could see potentially the committee doing that. I don't, I, I, I wouldn't do it. Um, but you know, stranger things have happened. I mean, this is 2020, so who knows what could happen. Terry, it's either the cotton state or the Yellowhammer <laughs> state. Alabama has two nicknames as a state, but we appreciate you. Brandy from Huntsville. Um, you got, Terrence from uh, Bend, Indiana. I wonder if that's South Bend. Is that near South Bend? Christopher's from Cincinnati. All you guys that are watching tonight, man, we love all you guys here. I used to live in um, uh, Heightstown, New Jersey, so I know about New Jersey, Terry. Look, Alabama right now, to me, is the best team in the country. But if Notre Dame beats Clemson twice, I mean, you know, you've got to give them a lot of credit, but they're not going to overpass Alabama, Kyle. I mean, for Alabama to go into the college football playoff numero uno, they're going to have to beat Florida. And right now, if you gave me my top four, I'd have Florida at number four. I mean, or or number five, maybe in Texas A&M at number four, but ahead of of Ohio State. Um. And I'm not saying Ohio State doesn't deserve to be in there. I just think they got to play themselves in there, and they're running out of chances to do that. They're going to have to play two games against Michigan and Michigan State that might not happen. So I'm starting to look at the scenario without them being in there. Um, but I, I just feel like Alabama's already taken care of Texas A&M. They beat Georgia. They destroyed Auburn. And and you know people might want to argue with me hey auburn this and auburn that auburn auburn's not the type of team that you go in and just dismantle like alabama did on saturday yeah they beat them but they absolutely embarrassed them bama's the number 1 team in the country uh clemson is a great team too they they lost to notre dame in south bend without their starting quarterback and it still took overtime to do it I think you got to remember that. I think I still think Trevor Lawrence is going to be the first pick in the NFL draft, which in many people's eyes, he's the best player in the draft. Uh, so Notre Dame beat them. They're a good program. They're you know on the verge of making another trip to the college football playoff. But are they better than Alabama? I, I just don't think so. They're going to have to beat Alabama just like they did Clemson to kind of gain that recognition to me. Yeah, and I'll and we have a graphic where we compare, you know, one, two, and three, and the college football playoff rankings are coming out. I'm going to cook up a graphic and then bring those over, and we can talk about them. And look, if you guys think Notre Dame is a, a real contender, that's on you. I, I still, I don't feel, we'll, and we'll look at the score comparisons. I mean, you, you'll be surprised when you see the. I mean, here's a here's a major point. Okay, Notre Dame beat Louisville twelve to seven. Okay, thank you. Twelve to seven, Mick. I mean, right. I, I mean, seriously, do I have to say anything else? I mean, look, Notre Dame, I, I, I love, uh, you know, everything that you guys got going. It's a great storyline. But as soon as you get in a, a, you know, a low scoring shootout with Louisville, I mean, that says that says too much to me. 
Yeah, I mean, look, Louisville's not a type of program you're looking at, and you're really con- too concerned about Kyle. That that's the thing that you can say about Alabama. You know, for the last 13 years, I'm not saying that Nick Saban wins every single game, but to beat Alabama, you got to play your absolutely best game. You know, like like uh, one of the great all-time champions used to say. I don't know if you remember this guy, Kyle. He was known as Nature, the Nature Boy. You remember the Nature Boy? Yeah, yeah. To be the man, you got to beat the man. Of course, many other great sayings, right? Limousine riding. You know, I I don't want to get into all that right now, but I'm sure that some of us watching know what I'm talking about. To be the man, you got to beat the man. Alabama has lost over the the 13 years that they've been ranked number one at some point. But I'm going to tell you something right now. Uh, they've come back every single year in and year out, and, and they have proven that, um, you know, that, 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 that they're tough to beat. All right. And- Hold on, Mick. I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, we got number 10 is Miami. Number nine is Iowa State at seven and two. Number eight, Georgia, six and two, and Cincinnati at eight and zero. So, I mean, if if there is a shakeup in the top five, I'd be surprised. I mean, last week it was Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, and Texas A&M. So, um, I'll, I'll cook up that graphic when these rankings do drop here. And, you know, hopefully the next minute or two. Yeah, and and look, after we go off, you're not done tonight. I'm done tonight. You're not <laughs> tonight. You and Bone are getting together. You talk about a shakeup. You talk about a shakeup. This weekend, we've had some shakeups as far as some of the top recruits in the country, including the Auburn Tigers. There was a little bit of a, a decommit going on down on the plains after the uh, whooping that Alabama put on Auburn. So 42 to 13 might have had a little rattling to what the Tigers feel like their recruiting class is going to be. You and Bone are going to address that tonight. I don't want to get into all that right now. But I'm just telling anyone that's watching, you need to stick around for the Kyle Henderson, Andrew Bone recruiting show that's coming on at 7 o'clock tonight because uh, reverberations are kind of shaking right now on our college football uh, ranking show. But you look at the, uh, the the top three comparisons, right? Alabama beat Missouri. That 38-19 to score wasn't really indicative of what I watched. There were, there were a lot of late points by Missouri. They, they, they weren't in the game ever, right? Texas A&M, uh, they got clubbed by Alabama, a lot of that in the second half, but uh, a 42-24 win, very convincing. 63-48, I thought Ole Miss had the best chance to beat Alabama. They were, it was a track meet. Um, it was never comfortable. And uh, Lane Kiffin knows Alabama, and, and he proved that. Georgia played a hell of a first half, right? Yep. They stunk in the second half. They never scored. And Alabama blew them out 41-24. That was when I kept saying, Kyle, that Georgia reminds me of Brad Paisley. This song he sings called Old Alabama. Now, he's talking about the group from Fort Payne, you know, the Country Music Hall of Famers, the ones that sing Dixieland Delight. But in his song, Old Alabama, he's singing, you know, little riffs from those different songs. Uh Georgia plays offense like old Alabama. It doesn't work anymore, and they look like a turtle on their back in that football game. Tennessee, they're not good, 48-17. Mississippi State, 41-zip. They stink. Uh, Kentucky, 63-3. I thought that Kentucky was better than Mississippi State, but Alabama was just on their cues. And then Auburn, 
I mean, it's getting to the point where Auburn comes to Tuscaloosa every other year and gets blown out 42-13. And honestly, just like the Missouri game, that score really wasn't indicative, guys, of exactly what that game looked like. It looked like Auburn was the JV team and Alabama was just boat racing them up and down the field. They're lucky they got 13. It should have been 50 or 49 to set six, really. Um, and a fumble in the at the end of the – you know, near the end of the middle end of the fourth quarter. A lot of people are talking about right now, Brian Robinson fumbled just because it would have been such a great opportunity just to blow out Auburn and kind of finish on a perfect day. It didn't happen. And hopefully Brian Robinson learned from that, you know, tuck the football and fall, you know, don't let it on the ground, but here's the college football playoff rankings. Is this updated right now, Kyle? This is it. Yes, this is a, this is updated. Uh, ESPN just released these uh, just right now. So, all right, so one through four stays exactly the same. Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. I think Ohio State's getting the benefit of the doubt. I said it last night. I'm going to reaffirm that right now. They're, they should not be ranked number four when they're not playing football games. Are they the, one of the top four teams in the country? Arguably, yes. But you know what? They're not playing. Their games are being canceled. They're not playing football. I saw Texas A&M win this week against LSU. I've seen Florida win some games. I've seen Cincinnati win some games. But I haven't seen Ohio State do a whole lot. Mixed poll would have Ohio State sliding in in front of Cincinnati and Texas A&M and Florida moving up on them. And, and I'm not saying that Ohio State would not be in the mix because they can win themselves in. But the issue that they have, Kyle, is if they get one more game canceled, you can go ahead and erase them off this poll and move Texas A&M right into that four spot. Yeah, so uh, just like Mick is saying, let's run through them real quick. Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, Texas A&M, Florida, Cincinnati, Georgia, Iowa State, and Miami. Those are the updated rankings provided by the playoff uh, committee tonight. And, and just like Mick was saying, I mean, look at this right here. I mean, we're, we're kind of all watching Ohio State because there's a lot going on with the Buckeyes. I mean, if you look at their schedule to the left uh, of your screen, um, you got they, they went over Nebraska. They beat Penn State, who, you know, obviously doesn't have a pulse. Same with Rutgers. The game against Maryland was canceled. Not even not even postponed. They beat Indiana. That was back and forth, 42 to 35, canceled against Illinois. And then they still have two games left. Now, if one of these games is not played, then they're not eligible for the Big Ten championship game, which just like Mick was saying, I think you have to slide another team up. And that other team would be Texas A&M. If Texas A&M finishes out their schedule, um, you know, with wins on it, then you're, you're looking at the SEC with potentially two teams in the playoff format. Now, now, of course, we still have to figure out what happens with Alabama and Florida. But let's say Florida, let's say Alabama runs a table um, and, and they beat uh, Florida head to head. So you got to give them an edge when you kind of look at the overall uh, playoff situation. And I have some um, I also have some playoff chances. Uh, this is actually from uh, ESPN today as well. Um, check out these, Mick, right here. I mean, Alabama with a ninety five point nine percent chance right now. Ohio State. And, and that's what's kind of perplexing about everything is I don't think this is factoring in, you know, kind of what's happening at Ohio State with COVID. I mean, a 70% chance, but they only have four four games that they won. Um, Notre Dame right there, little lower percentage than I would expect. And same with Clemson, because in, in my eyes, I feel like Alabama, Notre Dame and Clemson almost locks at this point. Granted, they win it, or at least Alabama wins, um, you know, their last game of the season, which would be against Florida. Now, even if Notre Dame was to lose to Clemson, I have a hard time um, seeing the fighting Irish not make the playoffs. Yeah, look, I'm with you. And I think Notre Dame should be, you know, obviously ahead of Ohio State, just like you said. And it's not that there's someone in 
you know, on Ohio State's schedule or in the Big Ten that's going to beat Ohio State other than COVID-19. But to say they're a 78.1% chance, they're 4-0. They've got two more games scheduled. One of those games gets canceled because of COVID. You can go ahead and just X them right off the list. And that moves Cincinnati up. And honestly, a year like this, it would be nice to see Cincinnati come in there. A first-round game, Alabama against Cincinnati is fine with me. We would love to see that in the Sugar Bowl. Put Notre Dame and Clemson, you know, or I, honestly, it would be probably Notre Dame against Texas A&M, um, you know, in that in that first round game somewhere. And I'm not saying it's necessarily going to be in Pasadena because, you know, California's got all these COVID restrictions going on. So look for a movement in the uh, the, the Rose Bowl. I mean, like they've got the 49ers out of town now. They, they've got uh cal out of town now they got stanford out of town now i don't know what's going to happen out in california but they've got very stringent rules on COVID. so that that game might not be played there uh just you know kind of a you know honestly just common sense thought but wherever they play it i could see that being the case ohio state or clemson most likely the loser of their football game is out and someone else is going to slide into that spot but but there's Alabama at 95.9. And and the thing about this 2020 team is that these guys are so focused on doing the thing that they got to do to win the next game. I really don't think that it's going to really factor a lot. And, you know, you talk about the rat poison category and everything else. These guys seem to me really motivated to do their best and to win football games and to get back to the top of the mountain and to leave things better or the same as it was when they got there, watching them dismantle an Auburn team that I felt like was good, not great, good, tells me that, you know, that these guys are ready to make a move on Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Clemson, and maybe Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, I actually have some uh, practice footage from Alabama that I wanted to share with everybody just to kind of build off the point that, um, you know, the the Crimson Tide, let me turn this uh, volume down real quick. But this is a uh, practice footage sent in by the university. And and I think with Alabama right now, I mean, these guys are so dialed in. They're so laser focused. You look at how the defense has been, has been playing over the last several games. I think that's been a, a great catalyst to um, further um, build up this team's momentum. I mean, going into this back stretch, and someone said um, Alabama isn't playing Arkansas. Well, that isn't necessarily true. The SEC just hasn't announced that game. I don't think Alabama should have to play uh, an, another game before the SEC championship. But again, you know, we we don't make those rules, and it's all about you know the big green. So um, tentatively, Alabama um, will play a, a game before uh, the SEC championship. Most likely, it'll be Arkansas because that's kind of the game that got pushed around. But this team has been firing off on all cylinders and looks fantastic here. You're getting some good footage um, of the tight ends right there. Number 88, that is Major Tennyson. Number 87, that is uh, Miller Forrestall. And 86 is Carl Tucker, um, kind of their tight end package right here. But when we talk about the tight ends, um, Jahil Billingsley has been fantastic. He's been kind of a, a guy that we've talked about before, but it's really great to see him. And here he is right here, number 19, getting some opportunities. But overall, Alabama playing at a very high level, ranked number one in the college football playoff rankings. And, um, you know, we'll see what they can do. I, I think, Mick, the line against LSU, didn't it rise? Isn't it at 28 points right now? Kyle, when your best receiver <laughs> opt out the week of the game, <laughs> I mean, really, like, what does that tell the rest of the team? Like, I don't care if you like sent, uh, you know, uh, you sat down with your head coach in the in the you know coach's room and 
and you said, hey, look, I, I've got this dream of playing NFL football. And, you, you know, you feel like this is the best thing for you right now. To me, it just tells me that you're not dedicated to what's going on. You know, like, hey, we're, you know, we're playing Alabama this week. They're number one. We stink. Like, I'm out of here. I'm going to go practice routes and, and get healthy. I'm not going to take the chance that Daniel Wright breaks one off on me or, you know, Job gets me or uh, Sertan gets me. I, I'm going to go ahead and, and call out now and just go ahead and, and, and head to the NFL draft. The, the message that it sends the rest of your team <laughs> – and and the college football world is that is that our team sucks and we I'm not going to be here for what's coming on Saturday and there was this movie I, I remember like the, the the star character was a guy named Wyatt Earp right and and he was like battling this this group of like you know bad cowboys and he said hell's coming and I'm bringing it with me you know like that's what's coming to Baton Rouge right and I and I really feel like that that. Uh, Terrence Marshall kind of felt that coming too, and it was easy for him to just go ahead and break loose and then be there for what's coming on Saturday. Like Kyle, should I don't want to mess up the show with with a uh, video clip of last year's Alabama LSU game, but I, I would. And the point of the matter is, is that don't let Nick Saban act like he doesn't care about each game going week to week. Yeah. Don't act. Don't believe that he's just like you know what. It's the next game on the schedule. Don't think that he didn't see LSU's players running down to the Alabama recruiting section and taunting the guys that were coming to Alabama next year. Don't think he didn't see the video of of uh, Ed Orgeron standing on the fifty yard line saying that this is our house from here on out. And don't think that. Whoever released that video in the locker room of Ed Orgeron saying roll tide and dropping the F-bomb and, you know, yelling what and, you know, from now on we're going to beat these guys every time we see them. Don't think that Nick didn't see that. Nick, Just, Nick sees everything. Nick sees, sees everything. All, man. Like, and he loves that. That's what gets his, his blood pumping through the system. <laughs> and Sam wants me to play it. I – I'm going to pop this up here for you, Kyle. I know Kyle's like, look, we got this show. The last thing we need is to see Ed Orgeron on our show one more time yelling about this Alabama game. The, the issue is – How many thumbs up do we have on the show? Maybe that's it, Kyle. The exact thing is, is if you guys so you hit – 266 people watching. I mean, you know, I mean, we should have theoretically 266 thumbs up. I mean, we get 150 thumbs up. I, I'm just – I'm putting the quota low. I mean, I think we could play it. But I mean, I think, I, I think we need a threshold. <laughs> you're never going to let me play the locker room video. And that's because you're the managing editor of this site. I'm just kind of like the random guy that pops on here every once in a while. Uh, I don't have to, I, I'm not the one that has to answer the questions when you hear content like that come across. But you guys give us a thumbs up. I'll play, I will play that video of, of Ed on. The, I, I see the thumbs up going up right now. I'm going to, I'll do it. You guys got it. I see him going up. Here's the issue, man. Here's the issue. When you make comments like that, knowing that you got to play Nick Saban in Alabama the next year, 
The problem is, Kyle, that Nick Saban and Alabama are waiting on you the next year. And since you guys did the thing I asked you to, and you give them the thumbs up here one more time. Everybody, 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 you grabbed that extra screwball, original peanut butter whiskey, down those yinglings. You were having a great time. You were talking all that mess. But guess what? Saturday, you can forget about all that. Kyle, it's coming. Mick. Just like Wyatt Earp said, hell's coming. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight. We appreciate it. Uh, the college football rankings were just released, and um, we, we showed that earlier, but there's really no change up. So we're kind of just kind of focusing on uh, the top three at the moment. You, you could slide in, uh, you know, the fourth team, which is Ohio State, but they've only played uh, four games at the moment. So, you know, I, I really wanted this graphic to kind of shine, Mick, because I wanted all eyes to, a, to, to look at kind of Notre Dame's schedule. I, I think you talked about Alabama's schedule in depth, and then we went to the rankings, so you didn't get to finish out. But... I mean, Mick, when we look at Notre Dame's schedule, obviously right in the center of the column, um, uh, I, I mean, 27 to 13 over Duke, 52 to 0 over South Florida, 42 over 42 26 over Florida State. Lucky they got to play that game, by the way, Kyle. Florida State might have sent them home. Right? 12 to 7 against Louisville. That That is just like, what is that? That's so perplexing, right? Mm-hmm. 45 to 3 over Pittsburgh, Georgia Tech 31 13, Clemson 47 to 40 in two overtime. Was it two? I think it was two overtimes, right? Yeah, whatever it was. Yeah. That's, 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 that's a good win. win. I'll give them that. Yeah. No, I love the win. Uh, Boston College looks like Boston College, to, to their credit, played both Notre Dame and Clemson very well. Right. And, um, and then a, a North Carolina team, which I have a lot of respect for. I think Notre, North Carolina is that team certainly on the rise. Um, They've been doing some great things. Love their quarterback, uh, but you kind of look at their schedule. Yes, they are nine and zero. Um, you know the 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 twenty seven to thirteen win over Duke that stands out. So does the twelve to seven win over Louisville. Their quarterback's fantastic. I think he's very slippery. I think he's a playmaker. They got some very dangerous wide receivers on the outside. Um, you know we'll see what they can do against Clemson in that uh, ACC championship game. And um, now, Mick, let's let's kind of talk about this uh, Clemson schedule. Yeah, look, I, I, I got a lot of respect for Dabo. I mean, I remember him at Alabama, and look, he that's the program that's given Nick Saban fits. But, you know, they beat Wake Forest. Uh, they shut out Citadel. Uh, they beat Virginia. They beat Miami. They they crushed Georgia Tech. I mean, that's that's a little bit too much there. That's, that's 73 to 7. I mean, like, come on, man. Like, cut them guys a little bit of slack, Dabo. Uh, they beat Syracuse. They struggled against Boston College, and you got to remember now that's when Trevor Lawrence was out, you know. So they they had to come from behind. They were down big. They won that game, and then the next week they lost to Notre Dame, and then they they beat P- Pittsburgh back with Trevor Lawrence. So you know they they had to spend some weeks without Trevor, but you know he's one of the he's going to be the number one pick in the draft. He's a great player, and so you you look at where they lost and where they struggled. It's it's right there. This is a dangerous team. You know, this is a team that that Alabama's got to take very seriously. And let me tell you, they're going to. We know that. So, um, 
Yeah, they lost to Notre Dame. I still think they're a better team than Notre Dame, and they'll have a chance to prove that in my mind in the ACC championship game. Here are the uh, the rankings in, ca- in case uh, you guys missed them. There's really no change. Um, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, Texas A&M, Florida, Cincinnati, Georgia, Iowa State, and then uh, Miami kind of in that top 10. Um, Mick, let me ask you a question. <laughs> Ohio State and Texas A&M play this weekend. Who wins that game? Hypothetical, I know, but who 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 wins that game? I don't know. I mean, honestly, I'm not giving it to Ohio State. I mean – you know, Texas A&M beat Florida, and they've played a lot of games. Ohio State's kind of had to deal with the issues that their own conference cost them by canceling the season. And then they, they you know, they kind of, you know, back in the plan again. But, but they put themselves in a predicament because there's just no weeks in this thing where they could have uh, a bye weeks if something happens with COVID. Uh, I, I would say I'd, I'd, I'd favor Ohio State to win, but you know I'm not saying Texas A&M wouldn't beat them this week. I, I just think that it would probably be a game that would be a spread would probably be around six or seven, but I would favor Ohio State. My next thing, Mick. All right, how refreshing is it not to see Oklahoma up in the mix? Yes. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. I mean, was there ever a more pretender than Oklahoma? I mean, year in and year out, we would just be waiting. And I get it. They've had some players come through. But every single time we all saw what was coming, they'd line up with Alabama and Alabama would just crush them. And it, was, it, it wasn't even exciting. I went to go see him um, in Miami. And you're talking hard-earned money to go travel and all this stuff. And you're there and you're just like, what am I watching? Like, what am I watching? And, and it's also refreshing. Someone also said this. Pac-12, completely out of it. I was so happy because that was my worst case scenario. Remember, I've I've said this many times on here, is that somehow Oregon was going to run the table and they were going to be like, hey, we we won six games in the (laughs) Pac-12 championship. We're in the playoffs. So I was was so happy uh, that Oregon State won. Now I'm I'm a a little bit worried about USC. And, um, you know, the 3-0, I think they have like seven – 7% 7% chance to make it. But if they finish out undefeated, they're going to say something. Um, you know, who knows what's going to happen with USC? Maybe, you know, the Trojans get kicked out of California and they have to finish out in Arizona, like the poor 49ers. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But overall, you know, those top five, the top six, I, I like where the rankings are right now. You know, Kyle, you're from New Mexico, and, and a lot of people would probably not know that because, I mean, you, you've got that big 12 and the big, the Pac-12, you, you're not a big fan of their conference right now. I mean, you're, you're ready to, to hog tie both of them and throw them out. And, and they're done. I mean, like, the fact that Oregon lost to Oregon State, like, that that was, the to me, the one chance that that Pac-12 you know, had to get into the college football playoff. They, they followed suit on the Big Ten, and, and they put themselves in a spot where they're up against the wall as far as having a schedule where they could possibly get into this playoff, right? And and the Big 12 didn't do that. Like, like it's not like the Big 12 followed them. I mean, they kind of stuck with the ACC. And I remember talking to a friend of mine that's, um, you know, pretty embedded in the ACC. And he he told me, he's like, look, if, if, if we go, they're coming with us. They didn't know. Like, both of those conferences actually played before the ACC – excuse me, the SEC, the ACC and the Big 12 played before the SEC, which was a smart thing to do. Um, but the the way that the SEC uh, did it worked as well. And the issue is, is that no one in the Big 12 
is good. I mean, like there's, there, there's just, again, it's one of those years where no one, like Ohio state, I mean, excuse me, um, Oklahoma is not going to sneak in there. Texas, I think ready to hire, um, Ooh, some, Urban Meyer? yeah, someone new to run the program like urban Meyer. Right. And, and they have all the resources to be a legitimate team to win a national championship, but obviously it's not working right now. The teams that are going to benefit with Alabama playing Florida and Notre Dame playing Clemson are Cincinnati and BYU. And look at BYU. I mean, BYU is this week. Like they're the they're the flavor of the week. You know, when you used to go to the Baskin Robbins and they would have like, hey, it's mint chocolate chip. You know, it's uh, it's cookie dough ice cream. Like they absolutely got disrespected by the committee last week. But guess what? They're back up there now. I think they're a pretty good football team. They're exciting. Are they on the same level as Alabama, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Clemson? No. But you know what? The fact that Ohio State might not have enough games to make it, the fact that Alabama's playing Florida most likely in the SEC championship, the fact that Clemson and Notre Dame have to play again, them and Cincinnati have it a very good outside shot to sneak in this thing. The one thing when I look at BYU is, is this particular game, okay? I, I don't have a graphic for BYU. Next time I'll dedicate some time to cooking up some graphics for these uh, for Cincinnati and BYU. But BYU on Saturday, October 10th, played University of Texas San Antonio. And it was a thriller <laughs> and with BYU winning 27 to 20. OK, now I, I get it, Mick. You you love BYU. I like their quarterback. Very talented. I love the state of Utah. I have some good, good friends up there in New Mexico. You know, we share the four corners with the state of Utah, Colorado and Arizona, all my fam. However, BYU, um, you know, being in the playoffs, it, it just doesn't seem right. I think there's other teams that are more fitting. Should we get to that point? Um, you know, they've had a solid season. I, I would like to see them play um, some tougher competition. I know this this year has been uh, challenging for everybody, but, you know, kind of when you look at their schedule, their best win, is it against Boise State? Right. Yeah. I mean, their, their best win, which they won 51 to 17 with their credit. And, and then the next week they played the juggernaut of northern Alabama and they won 66 to 14. So, um, you know, they're, they're nine and oh, all credit to them. You got to come with it every single week. But in terms of them making the college football playoffs, I just don't see uh, BYU having a very strong argument. Yeah, I mean, I, I could tend to agree with that. I mean, you know, they're playing um, a schedule that's you know, not going to be close to anybody else. But to put them like way back, where, where were they last week? Like 16 or 13 oh, or something? I mean, right they were way back there. I mean, you know, Cincinnati's kind of doing the same thing, too. I would love to see BYU and Cincinnati play. That'd be just, great. Yeah. yeah. Just to like add it to your schedule, just to force the college football playoff committee to take the winner of your game. Right. I mean. Why not? I mean, it would make you both, uh, whoever won the football game, you know, a, a, a much better contender to get into that college football playoff. But to think that BYU or Cincinnati is playing the likes of Alabama's schedule where they got to play Georgia, Auburn, LSU, they, you know, even the tough, the, the games that you would think would be easier, tough, like against Ole Miss, um, that's what makes the SEC good is that, that, each week and week in and week out, there are very difficult teams to beat. 
Yeah, I, uh, I wanted to add Ohio State's schedule real quick. Uh, somebody asked about who they had beaten. They beat Nebraska, uh, beat Penn State, and beat Rutgers. And then game was canceled against Maryland. Um, same with Illinois. And then they beat Indiana, forty-two to thirty-five. Uh, Cincinnati's another team, I guess. You know that you kind of when you look at their schedule, I'll build out a graphic for them next time. Um, they beat Austin Prey. Uh, 55 to 20. Uh, they beat Notre uh, Army 24 to 10. Kind of, you know, gauging who is their best win. I, I guess it's over SMU 42 to 13, or um, I guess UCF 36 to 33. So again, you know, I, I'm with you, Mick. I would like to see them, you know, match up against Cincinnati or uh, maybe one of these mid tier. Let, let me ask you this who wins between uh, BYU and Ole Miss? That'd be a good game. That's what I'm saying. That would be yeah. a great game. Yeah. I mean, it's not a guarantee for BYU. You know, Ole Miss is four and four. I mean, they 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 they're not a pushover. I mean, I think they're. I, honestly, I think Lane Kiffin is gaining a lot of credibility with recruits, and I think that um, I, I I think they're a good program. Is Georgia a good program? Georgia's got a problem right now with quarterbacks. I mean, the, you you listen to the Max and Mick podcast, which you can catch every Sunday, and you can download it now on the uh, Bama Insider YouTube, uh, or excuse me, the um, uh, podcast channel. Uh, Max seems to think that they've got an issue with quarterbacks. I saw another quarterback transferred out of there uh, this week. You know, they lost Justin Fields to Ohio State. So, you know, I, I'm guessing that, that the problem that they have is the one that we've seen when they played Alabama is they don't have a quarterback and, and that's going to cause them a lot of issues because as we found in this new era of college football, you better have a Tua, you better have a Mac Jones, you better have a Jalen Hurts. If you don't have somebody that can tote the rock, you're in trouble. Hey, thanks, Tony, for the super chat. Appreciate it. Jumped on late. So has anyone asked about how in the world North Carolina moved up after losing with a 6-3 and three record? I don't care. Who they lost to it's three losses. Um, North Carolina, I mean, like I said, I, I think I appreciate the super chat, first of all. We both do, Mick and I. Um, North Carolina, you know, I, I think they they both they played well throughout the season. I don't know why they moved up, why they moved down. I mean, it's people in a room, so I, I have no idea about you know the actual rankings. Um, so uh, you know, I, I have no idea. But getting back to what Mick said, I think the problem with Georgia is just like you said, Mick. I think it's a quarterback, it, it, and it's kind of the tempo of their offense. They're kind of stuck in the old, you know, mid two thousands with that power running game that Alabama used to have, and just they're so one dimensional. But I think if Georgia is ever able to find a quality quarterback, which they've had it as of recent, maybe it's going to be JT Daniels, and they can go up tempo. Georgia's going to be right there. But it seems like every single time you, they they play Alabama, we all knew it was going to happen. Um, you know, in week two or week three or whatever it was, that they were going to be one-dimensional, that they couldn't throw against Alabama. And then in the end, they wouldn't be able to stop Alabama's offense. So um, kind of uh, the same old thing that we've seen from Georgia. Uh, but Alabama now turns the page to LSU. Check this out, Mick. LSU hasn't scored a touchdown against uh, the Crimson Tide in Baton Rouge since 2014. In 2014, the OC was Lane Kiffin. The DC was Kirby Smart. Man, I mean, I. Sorry, Kyle, don't kill me. Like when you got married and your uncle had too much to drink. 
somebody needed to cut him off at the bar. <laughs> he got a little drunk after that win because I'm telling you right now, Tuscaloosa is not their house. As a matter of fact, Baton Rouge might be Alabama's house, but you would never see Nick Saban go on the center of the field and make a fool out of himself and clown like that. I mean, like, look at these scores, 29-zip, 10-zip, 20-13, 21-17, which, by the way, was a great game. And then 21 nothing. I was at that game. They never got the ball past middle of the field. They never got it past the 50-yard line. They were awful. And I think that we're going to see something very similar. I think this defense is going to be hungry. They're going to be flying at the football. And I think a lot of people are going to remember that video clip that I just showed you and one more where he's in the locker room, you know, running his mouth. Like it's, it's hard to explain to people that haven't been around the Alabama program when you're like, you know, we, we just beat number one and they're like, well, did you guys tear the goalpost down? No, we didn't do that. <laughs> well, what happened? Well, we just cheered and we, we yelled rammer jammer and we headed home or we went to the bars. We went to rounders or we went to Innisfree or we went to R and R cigar. We just, <laughs> and we watched another football game. Like that's not what we do. Because at Alabama, we've won all these games. There's been a lot of wins over number one and number two and number five and a lot of national championship games. You know, I, I give L- LSU a lot of credit. Like, they had a great season last year. They had a great season. They're a good team. Yeah, they, or you go to the Houndstooth forensic cow. I agree. But you don't run out on the field and tear the goalpost down because Alabama's been there, done that many, many times. And the problem is when, when you – when you shoot that mouth off like Ed Orgeron, you just got to back it up. Look, and, and Kyle, they may – LSU might win this week because if I'm listening to Ed, he said we're going to beat him every time we see him. And next time that they actually see him on the field is Saturday and then National Signing Day is not too far around the corner. So I'm expecting LSU to head of, be ahead of Alabama and all each time they see him, just like he said. They'll be uh... – on the field first, and that'll be the last time that we hear of that. So, uh, moving back to the uh, college football playoff rankings. Thanks for like that clip. <laughs> thanks for joining us, Mick Gillespie. My name is Kyle Henderson, builtabamainsider.com. We appreciate all the thumbs up, uh, you know, super chats. I got a show coming up uh, at 8 p.m. with Andrew Bone. We're going to talk about um, Alabama's number one ranked recruiting class. Um, added two more five stars to the mix. You got Dallas Turner and you also got JC Latham, who is actually ranked number two overall. So we'll break it down all with bone. Uh, but right here, kind of finishing out, um, you know, these next uh, close closing in on the hour talking about, you know, title game odds, the college football playoffs. Mick, check this out. The percentages, the title game odds. I mean, still has Ohio State with a 28.5% chance. So, I mean, whoever, whoever's putting in the, these were these were this was from. Vegas Insider. So they feel that Ohio State's going to be able to, to win out, finish out, beat COVID, win out their Big Ten championship, and you know reach this title game. And right here it says against Alabama. Yeah, well, look, here, here's the biggest thing for them is just all they got to do is play the next two games. I mean, they're going to beat Michigan State, and they're going to beat Michigan. They could use the third team to beat Michigan. Michigan is horrible. I mean, they're embarrassingly bad this year. They just lost to what was a winless Penn State team. Uh, A lot of people are wondering how Jim Harbaugh is making the kind of coin that he's getting paid. So, I mean, I I could see that one. And Michigan State's – Michigan State's is is sneaky. I mean, look, they they upset Northwestern 
They beat Michigan. You know, they weren't supposed to win those games. They did, but they're not that good. That, that, that entire conference has had to deal with COVID. And I'm going to say this, like, it's not that, that coaches like James Franklin or um, Jim Harbaugh forgot how to coach. It's just that they're, they're dealing with a lot of rules and regulations that they haven't had to deal with before getting their teams ready. So, you know, I would love to sit here and say, hey, they stink. You know, no, they're great coaches. They just have had to deal with not being able to practice, not being able to have contact, all the things that go into it. And 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 it has really affected the the bottom line in that normally very competitive, uh, you know, great conference. And and if Ohio State plays those games, they're going to win them. And they're going to get into the college football playoff, and that's where they'll get beat. You know, they'll be beat. And it's and and really the problem that they're going to have is that they haven't had to have those tests yet that it takes to win a national championship game. So, um, but when I look at it and I see it's twenty eight point five for o- Ohio State, the, the the bottom line is if they play the games, they're going to win them, and they'll be there at the end. So I, I could see them being there. What I'm saying is that it's, there's no guarantee that they're going to be able to work through COVID in those two Michigan State schools to, to play the games. And if they lose one of those games, they're done. I mean, it's over. They're not going to the championship game in their conference. They're not going to the college football playoff, and somebody's going to slide into their spot. Mick, before we uh, wrap it up, we talked about this on Monday Night Quarterback. Have to bring it back because we, we definitely have a ton of people watching. Bring uh, it back. It's the, uh, the Heisman Trophy race and and kind of three guys have emerged as we kind of look to this field um you know let's talk about these guys because you know the production standpoint it's been fantastic mac jones uh kyle trask on a collision course in the sec championship game um you know let's kind of trade some thoughts on these guys kind of as we enter the backstretch of the show well look trevor lawrence is the most talented guy in college football this year I'm sorry to say that people might not be happy with me to say that, but he is, and he's going to be the first guy picked in the draft. And if you don't pick him first in the draft and you're an NFL GM, you are taking a big risk of not having a very long tenure as your you know team's GM or getting another shot. Right. With that said, He's not winning the Heisman. And the and the reason why is that COVID. He had COVID. He missed two weeks. His team had a game canceled. It's coming down to Mac Jones and Kyle Trask. And so even with Trevor Lawrence being the guy that if Mick Gillespie is the, you know, the GM uh president of an NFL team and I've got the first pick, I'm taking him. That isn't going to work for this year's Heisman. Kyle Trask has more touchdowns than Mac Jones. Mac Jones has you know won games and uh hands the ball off some some of his touchdowns have obviously gone to Najee uh, Najee Harris um you know Alabama's running back because he's getting in the end zone Mac has orchestrated a great season as well there's a collision course that's gonna end up in Atlanta that kind of reminds me of 2009 when Tim Tebow and a guy named Mark Ingram met in Hot Lana in the dome. We got a new dome now. And if someone has that Heisman moment, they're going to end up with the trophy between these two guys. And I'm going to say this too. The defenses in this game have a chance to determine who's going to win the Heisman trophy. No offense to Trevor Lawrence, but both of those guys would really have to lay an egg to let him back in the mix again. 
Um, I mean, he does have that game against Notre Dame, but I really feel like we've all kind of like we got Kyle Trask ahead of Mac Jones, right? But we know that they're going to play, and whichever guy does better in that game in Atlanta is going to be the guy who wins the award. I really feel like it's coming down to that. Yeah, I love I love the setup. I love the fact that they'll get to duel it out in Atlanta, Georgia. I mean, you look at the seasons that both of those guys um, have had this year. It's fantastic. Kyle Trask, twenty eight hundred yards, thirty four touchdowns. It's pretty ridiculous. Um, they don't have the the rushing attack that Alabama has. You look at the fact that Najee Harris has um, seventeen touchdowns. You look at the um, kind of fact that Alabama is a balanced team. But I mean, that's not. I mean. That's nothing that we're, is going to take away from what Trask has done. I think um, I, I love to see these guys match up. Kyle Pitts, I think, is is one of the top players um, in this entire draft. So I can't wait to see what he does. Another guy that could potentially be in this mix, and we haven't even talked about him. He doesn't have uh, the highest Heisman odds, but what about Devontae Smith? I mean, Devontae Smith has been putting up, you know, ridiculous numbers. And, um, you know, it's just been pretty incredible to see this Alabama offense overall. Uh, looking at this graphic right here, you see kind of the overall production between the big three. Mac Jones with 2,700 yards, 23 touchdowns. Najee Harris, 1,100 total yards with 17 touchdowns and Devontae Smith close to 1,200 yards for the second consecutive season with 13 total touchdowns. I mean, the offensive production has been fantastic. And then you kind of, you tie all that in with the way that Alabama's defense has played over the last 18 quarters uh, since that halftime with Georgia. We talked about this on Monday Night Quarterback. Uh, Pete Golding, you know, has, has really found um, his rhythm with his defense. I really like the trajectory of this defense, how they're playing uh, towards the most important part of the season. Curious to see if they can finish out, but all signs point to uh, a buzzsaw going to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'll put my money on... Mick is... Did you hear? Did I sound like a robot? You sounded like Ed Orgeron. <laughs> Everybody get on the middle of the field. Everybody get here. All right, look, this is. Let's <laughs> <laughs> <Take laughs> new heights. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody get right here. We waited a long time for this. Look, seriously, guys. LSU is going to get beaten so bad. Go ahead and put your money on Alabama. They're not going to be relentless at all because because this guy right here made a lot of bold predictions because that, that guy made a lot. <laughs> he made a lot of bold predictions. I'm taking Alabama big. Uh, you don't have to wait until the uh, Bama insider tailgate show on Friday for me to tell you that, although I will invite you to the floor Bama on Friday night, 6 to 8, to talk about it with me down here on the coast. But, Kyle, it's been a lot of fun talking this. I, I really feel like Alabama is um, is going to win this game big. I, I thought they were already going to play Arkansas next week, so I guess that's not, like, official yet. They, but they, I, yeah, they say it's going to be they, – they just can't announce it because they have to make sure everything is kind of buttoned okay. up. All right, I'm uh, planning on doing that one. I'm planning on being back at Florida <laughs> Friday for another one. But what I will say is this, is that, uh, you know, LSU, they got they got great fans. They, they like to have a good time. But if you guys like to party, I probably wouldn't schedule it around this football game. Do something else. <laughs> the, the fans are calling for an encore of Ed Orgeron impersonation. All right, look, I, I'll tell you this right now because I know Kyle's got another show coming. He hates when I do this. But if you guys give us the thumbs up, you subscribe to our channel, I'll laugh at this guy one more time. And I'll even give you one of these right here just to act like him. Everybody, 
Everybody, get to the middle of the field. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Everybody. 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 Payback, Kyle. Payback. Uh, it's coming. I-, I can smell it. I can smell it a mile away. Maybe it's the corn dogs. I don't know. Um, hey, fam, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it. He's Mick Gillespie. My name is Kyle Henderson coming to you from beautiful Tuscaloosa. He's in beautiful Fairhope, Alabama, both part of BamaInsider.com. At 8 p.m., I'll be back with Andrew Bone. We'll be talking recruiting. We'll be talking about um, the number one recruiting class in the entire country. You got Alabama ranked number one in the AP poll. You got Alabama ranked in the coaches poll number one. You got Alabama ranked number one in the college football playoff rankings. And you got the Alabama Crimson Tide ranked number one in the Rivals.com recruiting rankings. So that's kind of Alabama at a at a glance. And, uh, you know, things continue to, to roll for the Crimson Tide. I hope you guys enjoyed the show tonight. I hope you guys, um, you know, give us a thumbs up, like, and subscribe. And, um, you know, we, there's still plenty of time. So if you want to stick around and see more, of uh you know mix great showmanship i mean he's still got shows to come this week he's got a a thursday show we're gonna be on uh you know the tailgate show on friday and then he's got a morning show on saturday so uh and of course you know check out the podcast definitely go to wherever you get your podcast just search for the bama insider podcast and you can get your uh great coverage from bama insider right there on the podcast as well if you're on the go so um plenty of places to get your bama insider coverage anything else mick before we head out no, look, uh, there's a lot going on in recruiting. There's been some major decommitments uh, amongst Tennessee and Auburn. A guy that, if you would have watched some of my shows last week, I mentioned there was a chance that this cat might decommit from the Tigers. And uh, after that shellacky-lack down in Tuscaloosa, he decided to get, just like uh, Terrence Marshall, in the boat and row as fast as he could away from that program that he was committed to. Uh, unlike Terrence, he didn't win it. You know, he wasn't on the football team, but he was committed. So Andrew Bone's going to get you updated on all that. All I can say is that the tide's rolling right now, and there's a lot of news going on that's going to benefit Big Nick and the Crimson Tide. Have a good night, everyone. We'll uh, see you guys back in one hour right here on Bama Insider with Andrew Bone.